Sir Richard Francis Burton wriggled beneath a bush at the edge of a thicket in the top western corner of Green Park, London, and cursed himself for a fool. He should have realised that he'd lose consciousness. He should have arrived earlier to compensate. Now the whole mission was in jeopardy. He lay flat for a moment until the pain in his side abated, then hefted his rifle and propped himself up on his elbows, aiming the weapon at the crowd below. He glanced at the inscription on its stock. It read, Lee Enfield, Mark III, manufactured in Tabora, Africa, 1918. Squinting through the telescopic sight, he examined the faces of the people gathered around the path at the bottom of the slope. Where was his target? His eyes blurred. He shook his head slightly, trying to dispel an odd sense of dislocation, the horrible feeling that he was divided into two separate identities. He'd first experienced this illusion during fevered bouts of malaria in Africa back in 57, then again four years later when he was made the king's agent. He thought he'd conquered it. Perhaps he had. After all, this time there really were two of him. It was the afternoon of the 10th of June, 1840, and a much younger Richard Burton was currently travelling from Italy through Europe on his way to enrol at Trinity College, Oxford. Recalling that wayward, opinionated and ill-disciplined youngster, he whispered, "'Time changed me, thank goodness. The question is, can I return the favour? He aimed from face to face, seeking the man he'd come to shoot. It was a mild day. The gentlemen sported light coats and top hats and carried canes. The ladies were adorned in bonnets and dainty gloves and held parasols. They were all waiting to see Queen Victoria ride past in her carriage. He levelled the crosshairs at one person after another. Young Edward Oxford was somewhere among the crowd, an insane eighteen-year-old with two flintlock pistols under his frock coat and murder on his mind. But Burton was not here to gun down the Queen's would-be assassin. Damnation! His hands were shaking. Lying stretched out like this would have been uncomfortable for any man his age. He was forty-seven years old. But it was made far worse by the two ribs the Prime Minister's man Gregory Hare had broken. They felt like a knife in his side. He shifted cautiously, trying not to disturb the bush. It was vital that he remain concealed. A face caught his attention. It was round, decorated with a large moustache, and possessed a palpable air of arrogance. Burton had never seen the individual before, at least not with this appearance, but he knew him. Henry Delapore Beresford, third Marquess of Waterford, called by many the Mad Marquess. The man was the founder of the Libertines, a politically influential movement that preached freedom from social shackles and which passionately opposed technological progress. Three years from now, Beresford was going to lead a breakaway group of radicals, the Rakes, whose anarchic philosophy would challenge social propriety. The Marquis believed that the human species was restricting its own evolution, that each individual had the potential to become a transnatural man, a being entirely free of restraint, with no conscience or self-doubt, a thing that did whatever it wanted, whenever it wanted. It was a dangerous idea. The Great War had proved that to Burton. 
but not one that concerned him at this particular moment. I'll be dealing with you twenty-one years from now, he murmured. A distant cheer echoed across the park. The gates of Buckingham Palace had opened, and the royal carriage was steering out onto the path. Come on, Burton whispered. Where are you? Where was the man he'd come to kill?'